Promotional consideration paid for by the following. <coughs> Sounds like you got a nasty cough. Yeah? No shit. Here, baby. Try this. Soothe? Yeah. Soothe annihilates cough and cold symptoms. <coughs> wow. I'm seeing donkeys. <laughs> That's the patented cough-killing concoction of codeine, morphine, and alcohol. Your cold will be history. How's your cold now? Who the hell are you? I'm your wife, fool. Soothe kills a cough fast. And for the kid's chesty cough, it's Soothe Junior, the medication that comes in a fun, animal-shaped container kids will love. Hey, look at me. I'm binging on medication just like Dad. Ugh. Oh, my God, he's barely breathing. No, that, that, that's just the, the medicine doing his magic. Thanks to Soothe, his cough is history. With Soothe, you'll forget you had a cough, your name, or where to properly go to the bathroom. Feel better fast with Soothe. Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift, episode 335, and I, of course, am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's Matt, and I'm sick, but I'm going to tell you right now, if we had done the podcast like this morning, it would have sounded ten times worse. So be happy for what you got, and be happy that with me, as always, it's the light bearer, the light bringer, the light bearer, bringer, the beast master of Third Shift. It's Eric. He's rubbing his eyes, so I'm stalling for time. You can just do it. Don't worry. I can talk even if you're stalling for time, Matt. Woo! Who needs eyeballs to talk into a mic? But he's going to tell us. <laughs> but he's going to tell us how his week and a half has been because we recorded the show early last time. Now we're recording it on time this time. How's it been going, sir? I don't know how it's been going. It's been going pretty decent, pretty craptacular, pretty cool. I don't know. It's a mixture of everything. It's weird that we have such a long pause in between these shows because of you going on the cruise and everything. So I was sitting there trying to think of what the hell I did. And I did put in stuff I did in the show notes, but apparently it didn't save because I just pulled up the show notes and I'm blank. So I don't know what happened there, but apparently everything I wrote is dead and gone. That's why I made sure before I left to put in the two things before the cruise because I would definitely forget them. I was like, save, okay, then off we go. Yeah, it was so weird because I was like, saved it. And then I pulled it back up, and I'm like, Eric's blank. Oh, oh, well, whatever. It doesn't matter. I didn't do too much. You know, besides, obviously, going to work, living, doing all that. One thing I did do was play the hell out of Dead Space. I played a lot of Dead Space. In fact, I played so much that I'm at the very last boss right now. Uh, I could have beaten him the other night, but... I was like, nah, I want to do this fresh because it was getting late. I was about to go to bed. You know, it's that that moment in time of that that you know how it is, that that warning moment. Like I could finish this, but I should go to bed. But I could finish this if the ending's only as long as I remember. I'd only be sort of screwed mm-hmm. in the morning. But if they had anything extra on the end or anything, then I'm. Mm-hmm. Or if my memory's slightly off and it was actually like, you know, yeah, an extra yeah. five to ten minutes worth of things. Maybe they added a bunch of stuff to the end yeah. boss fight. Now I'm do. into the, oh, I'm getting six hours and 30 minutes of sleep. Oh, this is getting bad and worse as we go. Plus, I was like, you know, I'm tired. I'm already just ready for bed. Who wants to finish the game? You know what I mean? Who wants to finish that game with that feeling when you beat it and then you're just like, I'm so happy, but I'm also, yeah, I'm tired, and I just, I need this to hurry me over, because I gotta go to bed. So I went, nope, don't even do it. Don't do it. So I saved it. Fortunately, I knew there was a save at the very last part, so I got to that part, saved it right there, 
which also offers me the opportunity to go back because uh, I still have a lot of credits and money, you know, so I can buy some more ammunition, some more health pots, things like that. Kind of strategically plan how I'm going to go about beating the last boss. Boom. Spoiler alert, obviously I played the game a long time ago. I already know what it is and, and what's going to happen, so I just got to do it. Now, and I shouldn't say that. I don't know precisely what's going to happen because they did change how some of these characters met their ends, lived their lives, did their things. So it is kind of weird because I won't go into it, obviously, but I watched the two endings because mm-hmm. I probably won't play it myself. And I was like, that is not at all what happened. What's going on with that? So it is, mm-hmm. it is different. There are some differences. Yeah. And so I want to see that with a fresh face, you know, ready to go, which means after the podcast tonight, guess what I'll be doing? I'll be finishing the game up, wrapping it up because I got another game that I'll be playing here and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But besides Dead Space, I have been watching lots of anime. Uh, in fact, I'm to the point where I've watched so much anime, I have no anime to watch. I'm I'm like grave picking, going through like backlog stuff, trying to figure out an anime that's like striking the, you know, getting the feels, getting the interest going. That's where I'm at. I'm just digging. I'm digging around for some good anime. Now, here's a question for you that I thought of on the cruise. I actually thought of you, my good friend Eric, on the cruise, because during one of the, the rock shows, they had, you know, visuals behind them. It's a bunch of anime. And they had this shot of uh, his name, Akira, I think, throwing on his coat from Fire Force. Mm-hmm. And I went, ah, is there a third season of Fire Force yet? Or is it still at two right now? Still two. Yeah, we're oh, still waiting. Yeah, man. I know. That's what's disappointing to me, because I thought that was like a big franchise. I thought that one was going to be like uh, My Hero Academia and those were like basically every other season they were getting they were getting put in the rotation. Yeah. But alas, no. Here we are with the winter selection and uh, there's no Fire Force. I'm sure it's not over yet. I'm sure it, it got rebooted, but apparently because of the quality animation and everything, it's probably taking longer to get a season put together. But it's sorely disappointing because, like you, I love that show. I mean, it's just gorgeous. It's a lot of fun. The characters are great. And I want to see more of it. And the longer we get from the next season, and this is what pisses me off about anime, I forget more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And I'm always terrified that I'm going to forget it, period. Because I'm I'm a drunkie with it. You know, I watch so many shows and so much. I probably have already forgotten about five to seven different series i probably loved but i don't remember them because i've watched so much and i'll never see them again because there's not a good outlet maybe there is maybe the chat or audience can tell me where there's a place you can go that just keeps track of all the anime for you and lets you know when everything's hitting and coming and what's going on you didn't add them to your watch list on Crunchyroll. no i I'm an idiot, dude. I don't. I don't do that stuff. I don't. That's that's the one thing that does save me is you know I think for Fire Force because season two came out just after I started watching season one and it went hey new episode you know it does the next episode thing mm-hmm. season three episode one is what it'll say and you go ooh hey there it is just add start adding stuff to your watch list, dude. That's why I need to do that. I got to start doing that because right now it just you know I have my panel which gives you about your about ten shows that you've watched recently. So I just scroll through all those every day and see if there's a new episode. But once they fall off, they're gone. They're gone. I don't know where they went. I'll never know where they went. (laughs) And that sucks because I know there's some good stuff I'd love to keep up with, but I don't. But right now, I'm just struggling to find some shows to watch because I'm just up to date on everything I do like. Uh, Mob Psycho is what uh, I've heard is pretty good. 
And it's not the kind of animation I typically enjoy. It's like that really kind of Ren and Stimpy weird animation. But I did watch two episodes and it was fun. So maybe I'll watch that because I know Mob Psycho ends. It's got three seasons, I think. And that's it. It's over. The the whole run's done. And that part does excite me because I'm like, man, I could actually just watch this whole show that people really love and enjoy. And I, you know, maybe I will too. And just let it be done. A whole meal and then over. So I got two episodes in. The jury's still out on it. I uh, Like I said, I'm still struggling with the animation style. But uh, it is fun. And the, the characters so far are enjoyable. So we'll see where we go from there. That's about it, man. It's what I've done in this little weird interim between shows. What about you? Well, before I went on my awesome cruise, I did do two things here in town. Went and saw Avatar The Way of Water at you know RPX 3D, all the big, biggest, shiniest, hottest. I was the only one in the movie theater because it was like 3 o'clock on a Tuesday, so who else is going to be there? Like we've all said about all the Avatars, the stories aren't that great. But just the spectacle, the beauty of everything was just... It was incredible. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my whole life. And especially as someone, like I always say to you, you know, we saw CGI with movies and video games and everything from the start, from the absolute jump. So to see that that is possible, that's something that can be reproduced and exist, is incredible. I think the other thing that blew my mind, too, is there's just the right amount, like when they're underwater, there's just the right amount of, like, the floaties. And, like, nothing ever gets floaties right. Like, when you're in video games, it's always no floaties, or it's always way too many floaties. And it was just, like, the perfect amount, and it looked like they moved realistically. Great, wonderful, cool. Now, jumping ahead a little bit, I watched Black Panther 2 on the flight back. And granted, Avatar 2 in the biggest theater with the best way of looking at it. Black Panther 2, the back of a first-class screen on an airplane. I was looking at all those underwater scenes and going, oh, this looks horrible. This doesn't look underwater at all. There's a scene with like the two kids who are just like, like the two producers' kids who are just like hanging there. Like, oh, ugh, terrible. So don't watch them in that order. If you want to watch Black Panther 2 and Avatar 2, watch the one first and then the other. Mm-mm. But I, I, was just, I was just shocked when I saw it. Anyway, enough about that. Also, before I left, saw Jagged Little Pill, the uh, Broadway show that came to the Wharton Center. Incredible show. Like, it goes into some very, very heavy and dark themes that I was not expecting at all. I mean, if you read up on the synopsis, it'll probably tell you, but I always go in blind to any musical whatsoever, unless I've seen it before. Super dark, all kinds of modern-day issues in there, themes you wouldn't expect from a musical. I usually go to musicals to have a happy, fun time and go, yeah, cool, we did it. And it was a lot of like, oh my god, Jesus, oh, oh my god, whoa. But there were people I literally saw in the audience literally sobbing. So the story definitely touched people. It's a story I can't really relate to too much, but performances were great. Music was great. Just a fantastic show. And speaking of fantastic shows, for the second year in a row, or the second cruise in a row, because the last cruise didn't happen on time, it got delayed, went on the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. Rock shows, wrestling, meet and greets, autograph sessions, photograph sessions, podcasts. There were a couple hip-hop shows, too. Just an amazing time. Everything that I loved. I had one of those weird moments, though. It was like the second day, and I was like, all right, I'm sick of people. I'm sick of crowds. You know how I am. I don't, I don't like all this stuff. Oh, okay, I'm starting to get stressed out. And I sat there, and I went, dude, this is, this is your vacation. You're not allowed to be stressed out. No matter what happens, just enjoy it. And I went, okay. And I turned that little click in my brain, 
And then all the crowds and all the stupid stuff, it all just, it all just melted away. It's just water off a duck's back. And I just had an amazing time. So many awesome wrestling shows, wrestling matches, so many awesome comedy matches, like from teams who are deadly serious, like anywhere else you see them on TV, pay-per-views, all this stuff, pulling out just silly stuff for the crowd. And everybody's laughing and having a great time. It was wonderful. It was great. And I had one of those moments, I actually had two of those moments, one on the cruise and one coming back, where I tweeted out that picture where I was like, hey, I'm still on a boat. And it's just the, just the water, clear blue water, as far as you can see past that railing. And it was one of those moments between events, I went back to my cabin, needed to get away from some people, leaning on my balcony, looking out, water everywhere, as far as I can see. And knowing that even this, like I'm in the Caribbean Sea, so that's bigger than I can ever imagine. And then this is a small part of the ocean, then the world, and everything else. And looking down, this is unfathomably deep. Like, there's so much underneath me that I don't even know about. And I was like, man, I was struck by, like, the beauty and the majesty of the world. And then the same thing flying home. You know, slide up your, your little window shade and look out, and it's just a sea of clouds. And then just blue sky above. Nothing else in the world. And knowing that once you get down... On the ground, of course, you know, you and I, oh, all these first world problems. Oh, our job sucks. Oh, I don't like this person. Oh, everything, I'm, I'm stressed out every day. I'm looking, just like I did when I played Microsoft Flight Simulator. Looking at this gorgeous world, this amazing thing. And we overcomplicate it so much with all these teeny tiny things that don't mean anything. I was like, man, I got to remember these two moments. These, these two, when I'm sitting here and looking out and just like, man, this is just, look, Look at what everything could be instead of what we make it every day. What, what it gets made on the news, what it gets made on Twitter, this, 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 this. I don't know. So it just, it put me in a great, just a great mind space as I came back home. And I came back home sick, like I said. And normally for me, the only place I get sick is if I'm in crowds of people, which I was for four whole nights, days and nights. But I attribute this, this sickness, to the Miami goddamn international airport because yes it's in miami yes miami is hot yes you do have to cool the airport but you do not have to put the only seating areas directly underneath the coldest blowing ass air conditioning you could ever imagine in your life like imagine the the coldest air conditioner wind you've ever felt (laughs) maybe even just like go outside the last few days and feel that wind that's what it felt like just blowing on all the seating areas I'm like, okay, I have to sit here for a couple hours till the hotel opens up so I can check in or sitting here for my flight. I'm like shivering. I'm shaking. I had to go pay $16 for a travel blanket to put it on myself because I was ice cold, like literal ice cold in this place. I'm like, this. I, I sat in there. I went, I'm going to get sick from this. And I got into the hotel because I stayed overnight the, the last night there. And I was sitting on the bed just perusing on Twitter because I actually had Wi-Fi. I'm like, all right, cool. My hands were still shaking. I was like, oh, that's, this is, that, nope, that, well, you did it. Thanks. Thanks, Miami International Airport. You know what you could do is move the seats somewhere else. Because I know you still have to cool all these terminals, all this stuff. There's not much, there's not much seating. Just move them all behind walls. Just, there's a bunch of little walls and displays. Put them there. Don't put them in the middle. Everybody's freezing. Everybody's sick. Everybody's cold. Everyone's like me. <laughs> but then I got home. Too sick to play games. Yesterday, it was just terrible. I was sweating hot and cold, all the usual stuff. But today, I did get back into playing God of War 
Because I went, I got to play something. And I looked at Forspoken and I looked at Fire Emblem Engage. And I went, you're not New Year's resolutions. You are great games that I love playing, but I need to make sure I keep on pace with this. So I played some more God of War, had a lot of fun with it. Bought a bunch of new armors and stuff, and Kratos is looking all cool and all different. Now I'm off on the next big leg of the adventure, because, of course, as soon as you start thinking you're there, then it goes off to this other thing. Ton of fun. Had a good day. Had a great cruise. I recommend to anybody, go on that cruise. If you like wrestling, if you like rock and roll, if you like podcasts, if any of those people on there are your favorite podcast hosts, go watch a live podcast from them. And even if you don't like anything, go on a cruise, because there's nothing better than just, I'm walking in and I'm... I'm going to order that food. Give me that food. And you get up and you don't even have to pay. You don't have to sign anything. They take your little room key. It's just, swoop. It's a complimentary little restaurant. You just eat as much as you want and then you leave. Then if you bought the booze package, like of course you did, just go to a bar at 8 in the morning and be like, hey, give me a gin and tonic. Mm." (laughs) Ah, Then you go and sit on your balcony and you watch the world go by. Whoa, it's great. I love it. That's what I did. (laughs) That's what you did. God dang it. Woo! Well, you had a lot more fun than I did. You did a lot more stuff than I have done. But one thing I have been doing this whole time is waiting patiently, okay? Because right now, tonight, as of midnight, there's a game coming out, Matt. Woo, man. A game called Hogwarts Legacy that we've all been waiting for for so long, so many years. If you don't know, I even have a room in my house. That is dedicated to Harry Potter. It's the Harry Potter room. Allegedly. Allegedly. And here at this house, we love that freaking book, series, the movies, the whole nine yards. We're all about it. And finally, the game is coming. I didn't get the deluxe edition because I'm a cheap bastard. And I don't like spending money I don't want to waste. And unfortunately for me... I usually think most deluxe editions are a waste of money because you usually get some kind of like intro gear that you quickly get rid of in a second. So I don't like doing it. But tonight, for me, tomorrow morning, I get to play Hogwarts Legacy, and I'm so excited about it. Avalanche Software made this, and they've been working on it for years and years and years. It was published by Warner Brothers. It's out tonight at midnight, or if you want to say tomorrow, 210 for the normal folks, three days early for those who pre-ordered. So... All sorts of people have been already playing this, and you don't know the temptation, man. You don't know the temptation. While I go on Twitch every night while I'm playing my own games or watching shows, and I always have Twitch up on the left-hand side of, you know, somebody I I enjoy watching, everybody's on this thing. Everybody. And I keep going, ooh, I want to watch them play this. I want to see what's going on. No, you don't. You want to go into this fresh. You want to see it for yourself. You want to have a great time. So I have avoided that. But, anywho's, if you don't know, it just looks like an amazing, like, action-adventure-based RPG-type game. And you get to be a Hogwarts student based way before the current timeline with Harry and Voldemort and all them. You're going into Hogwarts as a uh, an older student who's, you know, just coming on board, but has a lot of potential. So they're going to try to get you up to speed and get you rocking and rolling. You get to create your own character, do all sorts of different things, make them male, female, whatever the hell you want. And then... Pick your house, which I already did online because I'm a nerd. I'm Ravenclaw. I've got an Eagle Patronus. I got a Holly Wand, Matt. Okay, you know I'm ready to go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you gotta get you gotta get off all this stuff 
and get to uh-huh. the gameplay. Because when I see the gameplay, I get excited, and then I go, well, oh, my, my wand is made from fairy wood, and I got a little Twinkie Bell butterfly with me. But it's me. part of it, man. And his it's name is Floofity Fly. And, <laughs> and so you're going to classes with students and, and whatnot, but the cool part here is you get to explore the grounds, you get to explore the town, you get to explore all the Forbidden Forest all over the place. And as Matt says, as you get accustomed to the school pace and whatnot, you start getting side quests. So you'll start to be able to like go do this little mission for this individual, this other student, this teacher, that teacher, whatever. And, of course, there's a big bad thing going on. The Goblin Uprising, the Goblins aren't happy about life. They're starting to try to you know get rid of you guys. And, of course, you got to stop them. And the Forbidden Forest is like, you know, you're typical. There's tons of monsters in there and all sorts of baddies and things to do. And as Matt said, the combat is looking super, super awesome. I mean, you got, obviously, you're like your basic little, like, pew-pew spell. So you're going to be running around, you know, kind of juking and jiving, parrying, all that with your basics. But then you start learning all your, like, Protego spells, you know, your shells, your Expecto Patronuses, all these different, more advanced spells. Even, even... The spells that cause death, you know, all the, all the unmentionable spells that get you in trouble, you will be able to learn them and you will be able to use them in combat against all the different baddies, including humans. And let me tell you, as Matt said, the combat does look really, really awesome. There's so much you can do and so many opportunities to do different things and different spells while you're engaging that it just looked like a ton of fun. I mean, it was looking super great, and I, I didn't even care about that. I just want to be in, you know, I want to be in Hogwarts. So all this added for me was just really pumping me up and getting me, getting me hyped. And for me, like I said, I'm not a Harry Potter person. I've never read a book. I've never seen a movie. Well, I've seen, the, I've seen the one movie because I saw it at your movie night, but I've never been into it. But seeing the combat, seeing how cool it looks, I don't know who it was on Twitter that had a little compilation gameplay. And the the fact that there's a clip in there where you're fighting giant spiders, and there's some like custom kill animation or something where they suck the spider up towards them. It's a giant spider, like as big as a van, and it shrinks down, and then the, your character stomps on it as as yeah, the finisher kill. Crazy, so cool. And unlike you, since I don't need to worry about spoiling it for myself, I have been watching some people on Twitch playing it, and you know they're always in the middle of whatever. But I got into. One guy's stream, I think it was on Fextra Life, and he was just on his broom flying around trying to find all these optional objectives, you know, collecting these balloons that were out in the air and zipping in and under here and trying to find this cave system that goes underneath to get to whatever side objective it was. And I went, man, this is that open world, find all the things on the map and go do all the things. And it just, it looked so good. And just the, I could just picture myself in my little dopey yellow cloak and hood flying on my broom to go get all the balloons or whatever. Cause that's just, that's what's been scratching the itch lately. And I'm just like, man, the combat looks good. The exploration and finding stuff looks good. I mean, we went to the map for like two seconds and it was huge, this giant area that he was going through. Oh, it looked great. And you have to earn your broom by, you know, getting enough money to buy it yourself. So for a while, you don't even get that really cool big-time exploration ability. You've got to earn that, and then you get to go explore. So in the beginning, it's really tight, really close-knit. And then on top of it all, like you just mentioned too, gear-wise, there's gear in this game. You'll get to update your robes, you know, your face, all that good stuff. So you're going to be out there doing these quests, finding new things to make yourself bigger, better, badder, to keep handling business and going on your way through the storyline which, to be very frank with you, I don't even know 
what the ultimate storyline is because I've been trying to stay in the dark for the most part. Like I said, the only thing I know is that the goblins are mad, but I don't know if there's an actual big baddie or if the one a goblin of you know some name is. I don't know any of that because I didn't want to know. I want to go into this having a great time, getting a fresh adventure. And it's looking very, very good so far. The reviews for it are coming out pretty solid. All around, everybody's pretty happy with it. I see a ton of streamers playing it, like you said, that you've been watching. I can't wait to get my hands on this game first thing tomorrow morning. And I thought, for a minute, I thought about staying up till midnight so I could just, you know, play it for at least get the intro, get the opening, and play a little bit. But I'm not an idiot, Matt. I'm going to go to bed. And enjoy it fresh tomorrow instead, because otherwise I'll be tired and I'll be taking a nap and waste more time of the day. We're not doing that. So that's a game you can't wait to play. My release this week is a game that I can't wait to play. It's a game that I completely forgot about, though. And it's Season, A Letter to the Future, which came out on the 31st of January, developed and published by Scavenger Studio for PC and PlayStation only. And this is, I mean, you may not remember it, but I remembered it as soon as I saw it. This is that game where you are a girl, and you're out to just document things in the world that you find. Because in this world, the change of the seasons, it's kind of like, I mean, I guess I would say maybe like Game of Thrones style, where when the season changes, the whole world can change. Something big happens, and the world as you know it might not exist anymore. You know, she leaves her village, she does a little ritual before she goes. She's got a notebook, a camera, an audio recorder, and her bike. And she goes out, you know, on this path to explore the world, and find and record things that are important about the world right now. So you go around, you know, take pictures of things, you know, grab the audio of certain things, and have really long and in-depth conversations with the people who are left in this world that is about to maybe end, because nobody really knows what happens, because there's probably no record from the last season. Again, it's one of those things, I am super interested in this game, so I didn't go super deep into it, but from the reviews I've seen, the in-depth conversations you can have with these characters about their lives and their concerns and the things that are important to them about their life that they don't want to lose when the season changes are super deep, super interesting. There are certain sections where you have to solve a puzzle. You have to find out this information to proceed or whatever. And certain things you take pictures of, your character will comment on. Like, when I saw these from the top of the hill, they looked like this. I can't believe how big they are now. So there are some key things you have to do. But what what I'm excited about is when you fill out your journal at the end, like about this region, you, the player, are the one who decides what to put in there. So if I went riding on my bicycle and I thought this tree silhouetted against the sunset or whatever was so beautiful that I took a picture of it, now my picture I can put in the journal. This was my journey through this region, and then flip to the next region when you get to that. So yes, there are things you have to do, but in the end, the record you make of the world of this season is whatever you want it to be. If you want to go record the sounds of the livestock instead of maybe the lady over here or the machinery over there and put that as the note in the journal, it's up to you. So we've talked about it before, like making your own story. There is a story, yes, but you can make your own journey and your own story and leave your own stamp on the season in this journal. And I just thought that was awesome. And then anytime you see it, the graphics just look beautiful. It's not super HD, high-res, ray tracing, any of that. It's a stylized kind of, I think they said they're inspired by oil paintings. It looks kind of, to me, like Breath of the Wild style. It's kind of minimalist, but also not. I've heard the music is really ambient and just really fitting for this kind of mosey on kind of journey that you're on so 
I'm super excited to play season A Letter to the Future. And I'm going to jump in here and say, hey, Matt, and when you listen to this as you're editing this, you need to use your wish lists on every platform more appropriately. <laughs> because when I always wish list are games that I know about, and then I always get, oh, this game's on sale, this game's on sale. Cool. But I didn't wish list season A Letter to the Future. So I had no idea it was out. If I knew it was out, I would have instantly bought it. I would have played it probably today. So I can't wait to play this. It sounds awesome. It's a shortish adventure, six to seven hours, maybe a little bit more if you want to see everything. But if you want to have a unique, sentimental, kind of like looking back on the world and looking forward to change and then leaving your own stamp on the world, check it out because I am excited for this one. And we're both excited for something that happened, Matt. Conveniently for us both, but conveniently for everybody as well. The Nintendo Direct hit, okay? It smashed us in the face yesterday afternoon at like 5 p.m. Eastern Time and just opened up all sorts of stuff, okay? And I'll kick it off with the biggest and the best. No, no, no. I've got to jump in here because this Nintendo Direct was so goddamn good. There are 18 starred games on my list here. Oh, you're an insane person. I wrote down almost everything because I am excited for almost every single thing they showed. And before you jump off with with the big one for you, Mm -hmm. I have to say they could have just titled this Nintendo Direct Games That Matt Missed Out On. Let's give him a chance to play them again. Because so many of these were franchises that I've known about forever. I've always wanted to play them, but I didn't have the system or the accessory or the opportunity, or I did own it, but I only played it a little bit. So many things are just like, hey, remember this? Oh, I do remember that. I always wanted to play it. Here, now you can play a new one. Oh my God, thank you. 18 starred games. (laughs) You're a bad man. You're insane. My Nintendo eShop wish list is going to be full. You've lost your mind. That's too many games. It's impossible. But I will start off with the one that matters the most. And I'm confused, but I shouldn't be, but I am still anyway about this game. It's Sea of Stars, okay? It got the release date of 29th of August, 2023. How did I not know this was a Switch thing? I thought this was coming to PlayStation Switch. I thought it was coming to everything. It is. It is? Yeah. Okay. Whew. I'm not crazy, man. I'm not crazy. Because Nintendo got the jump on it. They got the demo. There's a demo exclusively for the Switch right now. And this is what threw me off. I'm super stoked. I want to play that demo for sure. I've been watching Sea of Stars for a long time. I can't wait for this game. It's an homage to Chrono Trigger, but with, of course, the best, you know, pixel art and whatnot that can be provided in this day and age with the lightning effects and everything. You all know the rigmarole by now with that stuff, but I cannot wait to play this title. But then it was like, we just dropped a demo today on the Switch. And I was like, yes, can't wait to play it. But then it went, wait a minute, is this like a Switch game? I mean, did they get the the, the rights to this sucker? Because here's the deal, as we already know, my one of my uh, New Year's resolutions is, is to get these damn Switch games played. But that's also the curse. I don't play the Switch. And I'm like, if this is a Switch exclusive title, the chances of me getting to play this and actually doing it are low. And that's that's not, that's, I don't like that. I don't like that at all because I want to play this game and I was so stoked to see more on it and get an actual release date. Even though I got to say I was sad to see it's August 29th. I'm like, no, I wanted it sooner. I was really hoping for like a, a late April launch or maybe early May launch. But instead, I got to wait till the end of summertime to play. But I cannot wait. Oh, if I had only had more time, I would have gotten that demo downloaded and been playing it. But I will do it this weekend for sure. So that for me, that one that one hit the hardest. I was so 
I'm so stoked about it. That one would hit the hardest for me, but as much as you've been waiting for this game, I kickstarted this damn game. So I've been waiting since before it existed. Even before, way before. To see and play this game. Now, I will say, just because I am a weirdo, I'm not going to play the demo because I, you know how I am. I go media blackout on things that I'm excited about. Even though I am in the Discord and they do show off, they don't show off a lot, but they show off some GIFs and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I am 100% excited for this because I was like 18 years ago when I kickstarted it. So I am 100% there with you, but this one was just like, oh, that's what my Discord notification was about earlier. Oh, there's the release date. Okay, yeah, thanks. So I'm excited for it, but one of the things I am more excited for, there's so much, there's 18 things I could talk about right yeah, now. Yeah, you, you, you go nuts, because I've got like maybe four or five. <laughs> well, here, I will, I'll just give you the games from series that I missed out on, because that's a whole section all in itself. They started off with Pikmin 4. I've always wanted to play a Pikmin. I've never played a Pikmin. This one gets me excited, especially because this one looks like it's very obviously in the real, like, human Earth world. I don't know if the other ones were, but you can see, like, they're la they landed in a human's garden. So what's going on there? Is it, like, post-apocalyptic Earth? Is it just regular, everyday Earth? And there's these little creatures that you didn't know about because they're so tiny? I don't know. Then other ones, Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. I always heard good stuff about that on the 3DS, I think is what it was out on. You and I have said it a million times. Are you ever going to pull your 3DS out again? No, it's too small. Boom. You're going to pull your Switch out, though, and you're going to play it. Same thing with Etrian Odyssey Origins Collection. I played that one on the 3DS, and it was so satisfying to mark the little map on the bottom screen as you went along. You can still do that on the Switch, I would imagine. I mean, they showed, like, button controls and auto-mapping, but if there's not a touchscreen aspect... There has to be. There has to be. Bot and Kaitos 1 and 2 HD remasters. Always wanted to play those on the GameCube. Never got a chance to rent them. Never got a chance to buy them. Can't wait to play those. Professor Layton and the New World of Steam. It was just a trailer. No announced date, no nothing. Always loved those games back in my flashcard days on the DS. Want to play another one. Samba de Amigo Party Central. Never got the chance to play it on the Dreamcast because I never had the Morocco controllers. Boom, there's a new one coming to the Switch with the Joy-Cons. Oh my god. So good. Last two. Tales of Symphonia Remastered, I have that on my wish list on Steam, so that will ping when it's available. And then Metroid Prime Remastered, I played the original maybe about halfway, never finished it. I'm going to buy this and finish it. Now, this is where I am so torn. I love Metroid Prime. I've played all three of them, so enjoyed the hell out of them. I didn't really like the uh, the Wii Switch you know, the Wii, the Wii Switch up when they did all that and everything. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, I didn't like that, how that went. But still played them, still enjoyed the hell out of them. And then they just, boom. The rumor finally came true that the Remastered Edition was out. It was out the same day as the Nintendo Direct. So it's out there right now for you to buy digitally. If you want it physically, you got to wait, I think, till like late February. I think it's in the 20-something 20, 20 or whatever. But I don't know. I don't. I want to play this again because I love Metroid Prime. But I've already beaten and played them all, and I've got so many games I'm supposed to be going to. So I'm I'm just sitting here like, Eric, play an amazing game that you know is so much fun with, you know, common new control, you know, the new controller skills and being able to play the way you should be able to play, as well as it's a remaster, so it's not like a remake. Don't get it twisted. But they did scale everything up, 60 frames per second. You know, you smoothed out textures, did all sorts of stuff. To make it look just fantastic. It looks like it holds up. You know what I mean? Like, I was watching someone stream this last night, and I was like, this looks solid. This doesn't look like garbage. It doesn't look like an old-ass game from way back when. This looks like a solid title that's playable. 
So I'm just, I really want to get it. And I just can't decide whether to pull that trigger or not. But yes, that was one of the other ones I was excited about, Matt. Can't wait for it. Yeah. I, when they said modern day controls, aiming on the right stick, moving on the left stick, that's what 100% sold me. Like I've always been, I've always meant to go and pick up the trilogy on the Wii because I heard that was the best way to play them because you could at least point, mm-hmm. even though I don't like the pointing stuff. Yeah, but I don't like the It's point at least stuff. a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, obviously they're probably going to do two and three eventually. But now to play it, as best as it's going to be with modern day controls shined up as as pretty as they're going to make it, I'm excited for it. I'm I'm 100% in. I'm probably going to wait for the physical though, just because I don't know why. But on Switch, I really like physical games, especially first party Nintendo games. I feel like I have to get them. I don't know. That's what I feel like I should get. But another one I feel like I should definitely get because of nostalgia and memories is Disney Illusion Island. Okay. You're playing as Mickey Mouse and the crew, and you're going on this awesome 2D little adventure. And it just brings back memories. And I, I know it's kind of like weird memories, because I can't even tell you what the title was. It was an NES game that involved Mickey Mouse. Okay, And I don't remember what the hell it's called, but I remember hours and hours of playing this with my cousins. Just sitting there at their house, playing this game all the time. It was a, something Castle, I think. Could have been Castle of Illusion, but I think that was Sega, wasn't it? Was that Sega? Maybe it was Sega. I like so. I said, my, my memory is very like blurry about it. I just remember very clearly sitting with cousins playing this old castle Mickey Mouse something game all the damn time. And then I saw this announced. And I know a few years, well, many years back now, they did another Mickey Mouse you know, 2D adventure game. But I didn't, I don't know, for whatever reason, I, I just wasn't sold on it. But I watched the trailer for this one, and I was instantly intrigued, instantly wanted to get in on it. I want to go hop around with Donald, Minnie, Mickey, and of course, you know, Goofy, doing my little jumps, platforming, beating up the cool bosses and baddies as you go. That just looked, it looked gorgeous to me. And it's a weird one, but not only will I like it, but I think the kids might actually enjoy it. So it's one of those everybody wins type games. So that one really caught my attention and I want to pay attention to it and uh, keep an eye on it. It doesn't come out till like July 28th, I think, so got some time you know see a little bit more on it and make a final decision but definitely a watcher and i'll I'll give you a two-pack of games that i have played both of them a ton before but they are getting re-released remastered re-updated one is the we love katamari re-roll remaster i i played the crap out of all the katamari games i beat them all there's nothing there's nothing left for me to do in them but when katamari damacy re-rolled came out on the switch i had to get it i had to play it i had to do it all again now, We Love Katamari, the sequel to it, is coming again. So I have to do it again. These are like the most matte games that there is. Like the, I, I don't know how to describe it. And it's, it's impossible to describe. If you know Katamari, you either love it or you don't. I love it. I love it 100%. And then I was so excited not too long after that. They finally did it. They finally let the dog out of the yard. They've been keeping it in the yard, chained up for like a year and a half. Advanced Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. It got a new release date of April 21st. Finally! I've been excited about this game for like four years because I love the Advanced Wars games, even though I'll get to the really hard missions and then I'll get grumpy again, just like it did on the Game Boy Advance teaser, spoiler, something for later. But I'm excited to play these again. As, as shined up and awesome as they can be on a big-ass TV over there or my beautiful monitor right here, just to see those those chunky little soldiers and the, the dopey little planes going and the, the stubby little tanks. It's just nostalgia 100%. I'm just glad that it's actually happening. Because I, 
I thought about it. When I saw Nintendo Direct, I went, huh, they better talk about that. And goddammit, they did. So it didn't just poof into vaporware, into nothing. Two games I'm excited about that I've played before, but I'm going to play again. I, I might play that one. I don't know. I've never played them, so I don't have like a, a you know, an oh my God, it's coming back. But they look awesome. It looks like a lot of fun. So we'll see you on that one. But for me, another one I'll see you on. And this, I don't know. I, I'm just broken, I think. Octopath Traveler 2. God, it looks so damn gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Just like the other one did. Yeah. But I never gave the other one the time of day either. I played it a little <laughs> bit, fell off, never touched it again. But here's the the second one's coming. I'm like, whoa, it looks so great. Oh, I can't wait to play it. Wow. I'm, I, so I'm in the same boat all over. You know, yeah. the graphics look fantastic. The music sounds gorgeous. The just the premise of you know being all the different characters and then meeting up and doing a thing sounds awesome. And the hope here, and from what I hear, I don't have a clue if it's true is that they're going to tie the characters in much better than they did in Octopath Traveler 1. And that's key to me. Because I feel like in Octopath Traveler 1, it was like just a bunch of separate stories. They didn't actually come together to one real thing. Yeah. If they can make this so you actually do end up in a cohesive unit for one specific purpose, that would be the dream. And if they can pull that off, maybe I actually stick around and play this whole damn game. Because it looks fantastic, and it looks like it has all the good RPG, you know, yummies you need. I'm 100% in the same boat with you on this one, Eric. But I didn't write this one down, and I didn't put a star on it, because I did play a big chunk of Octopath Traveler 1, and I didn't like it. If you, you listen to the What You're Playing on the Patreon from, like, three or four years ago, it just, something about the way it built up, it didn't hit right. I didn't like it. But as soon as that trailer started, I went, Oh, look at it. And then listen to it. Like, even the voice act, the English voice acting in the last one was great. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting more from this one, too. And then I'm watching the combat, and I'm going, oh, look at the big giant shark thing. Look at the big lady. And the, even though one of the things I had the biggest issues with, they're doing the hits, and it's like 9,999 damage, which is the thing I didn't like, is how high everything scaled. I don't like those RPGs, but I... Even that, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to get this. No, Matt, you're not allowed to get this. You didn't put a star on it. But I am just as hyped as you are, Eric, because I do want to get it. But I don't want to get it. Exactly. (laughs) I'll go to something else that I'm split on, and that's the Nintendo Switch Online updates. Because they showed up, and hey, boom, it's a Game Boy screen. And I looked, and they were showing off all the Game Boy games, the original Game Boy games, and the pocket and color filters on them. And I went, hell yeah, I'm going to do that. And I know you won't. You probably won't. It's it's a nostalgia trip. Your brain is, is excited by this right now, but you're probably not going to play the Wario Land games, even though they were fantastic on the Game Boy back in the day. Maybe you'll download one and mess around with it, but you won't. And I said in my head, but if they put Game Boy Advance games on here... I'll probably play some of those. And then, foo-foo, that little purple Game Boy Advance came up. And I went, okay, no, okay, 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 no. Don't do not do it, though, Matt. Don't don't let yourself do it. And they showed off the first few games. And I went, okay, 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 okay. But if they put Fire Emblem on there, then I'm going to have to play that one because that was my first Fire Emblem. That's with all my favorite characters and everything. And then, multiple games coming soon after release. And there was Fire Emblem. And it's got to go on that big TV over there or my beautiful monitor here. I have to play through that one again. Sorry, Fire Emblem Engage. You're going to get thrown back in the case while I play the Game Boy Advance Fire Emblem on a big, beautiful display on my Switch. 
I don't even care if I have to up it to the expansion pass version, which I think I have to do to get those games too. Because the Game Boy Advance was one of the best video game systems ever made. I know you're in agreement with me on that. And that Fire Emblem, I have so many memories in college at MSMS playing that Fire Emblem. I played through it like two or three times because I loved it so much. I have to do this. I don't want to do it because I have so much other stuff. Mm -hmm. But as soon as that drops, that's going to be all I'm going to play. I have to. Yeah. It sold me. I, it, that was on my list right here, man. I'll tell you what. The Game Boy hit, and I didn't care. I didn't care. I went, yeah, I've played Game Boy. You know, I've played games on there, and yes, yeah, some of them are awesome, but it's just, as you said, 100%. It's nostalgia. You're not going to stick to these games. You're not going to actually beat any of them. But then the Advance hit, and they went, guess what? Do you want to play Zelda the Minish Cap? Oh, you know I do. Oh, you know I want to play that. Yep. Do you want to play Story of Ages and the uh, Seasons? Oh, yeah. Uh, Zelda? Oh, oh, you know I want to play those again. You know I do. Do you want to play Metroid Fusion again? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> do you want to play Golden Sun again? Yes. Yes, I do. Hey, Eric. <laughs> they're all here for you. They're here. You can play them. Not to mention all the awesome Mario titles that are coming. It's ridiculous just ridiculous and i'm like oh my gosh and then the boot like you said i plug it into the little port right here and i play it on the big screen right here on the big screen with my comfy blankets on and the and everything else happening and i ain't got to play it on the little screen where i get a little headache and my arms start to get tired like i always whine and cry about with the handheld stuff oh yeah yeah i can't wait i'm so stoked to get a hold of that and play it and have a good time Another what? What is it? Ten bucks a month? Mm-hmm. Right down the drain. Right down the drain. Gotta use it. <laughs> but with you having exploited my one big one, we already talked about Metroid Prime. The only other thing for me that I wanted to mention, man, was I feel I feel left out. I just feel sad and left out. I love Zelda. I have loved Zelda forever, and I didn't like Breath of the Wild. We've all I've talked about it at nauseum. And so another trailer for Zelda Tears of the Kingdom hit. And I just didn't feel anything. I didn't feel anything. And I saw and listened to shows and podcasts throughout, you know, last night and today at work. And everyone's just like, I mean, they're like rolling on the ground. They're like crying. And everyone's like, they're having convulsions and just going. And I didn't feel anything. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like it one bit man zelda's my jam i love them I've, I've lived off zelda for my entire life up until breath of the wild and even past that because i replayed uh did their Link's awakening you know redo they made and had a wonderful time and enjoyed the hell out of that game so i don't know i feel just i feel messed up you know i don't like having this new zelda title that the world is just thinking it's going to be God coming down and gracing their heads with his hands and turning them into little lights of just happiness. And I don't I don't feel it. I don't have it. I don't get anything about it. And it bugs me. I don't like it. I want to love this game. And I want to be excited for Zelda just like everybody else. But i got to figure something out. i got to figure this out because I, I can't have this. I don't want Zelda leaving me behind. Well, again, I'm in the same boat with you because you know this. And podcast listeners probably remember, too. I have never liked a 3D Zelda like at all. I played one or both of the ones on N64 and it just didn't just didn't hit for me. So I've never played a single one since. I will remedy that sometime this year because I'm going to borrow your copy of Breath of the Wild and see if that sticks and 
at least try and finish it. Mm-hmm. But I was in the same boat as you. I watched this after the fact, and they got to Tears of the Kingdom, and I went, okay. I kind of skipped through just to see if there was any you know surprise drops in there. And I mean, the Amiibo Link looks cool. He's got some kind of weird arm now, and, but I don't. It's not for me yet. Maybe it will be when I play Breath of the Wild. I don't know, mm-hmm. but it just it does feel weird to be so disconnected from something that the whole gaming world apparently is super into and and super jacked up for. Yeah, and it's that instance where we joked like before with Elden Ring, you know what I mean? But this time it's for real. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have no interest and I just don't care. And the rest of the world does and it just, I don't like it. We got, I, I need to go back into Breath of the Wild again and I got to try to just change my mindset and give it another chance, you know, like, and just see if I can just latch onto something in there that gets me. So I can get on board with everybody else and, and be in love with the new Zelda. So I'll wrap it up from my end with, we went from something that the whole world cares about, but we don't, to some games that I care about, but probably the whole rest of the world isn't. They showed off two visual novels in the uh, Nintendo Direct, one being a Tron-based one called Tron Identity. They didn't show a lot about it. They just showed, you know, still images and, and text and things. But I like that universe, and especially if they managed to bring any of the Tron Legacy-style music into this you know, I, I love visual novels. I always have. So a Tron visual novel did get me excited. Also, Harmony, The Fall of Reverie was the other narrative-based adventure visual novel style, which seemed like a lot about time manipulation and branching paths. They showed all kinds of this whole big giant branching tree of stuff. I love stuff like that, especially if you can, once you reach the end of the path, just whoop, go straight back to that decision and not have to skip through a bunch of stuff. I love visual novels that do that. And another game, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Master Detective Archives Rain Code. I pre-ordered that months upon months ago, so they showed off another trailer for it. I was still as hyped as I was when I pre-ordered it, but there's not much for me to say. I'm 100% sold. But the other game that got me very excited, in a similar vein, but completely different, was Decapolis, which was that anime detectives mm-hmm. in like a virtual world, but it looked like a JRPG also, because you did have to go around the crime scene and collect evidence and, and you know, put the strings together on the, on the pegboard. But then you had to subdue the suspects in what looked like a JRPG. Standardized JRPG battle, yeah. Yeah, and then they, they threw the cuffs on the dude and you went, Rah! but then since they're also in a virtual world, there was that weird spin at the end where some hacker hacked in and now they're looking all crazy they're all turned they've all turned into animals and stuff so i'm interested to see i mean it's crime stuff it's detective stuff it's rpg stuff i love all those things and then it's in this weird virtual world where maybe anything can happen maybe instead of you know your animals in this scene but maybe the hacker is doing all kinds of crazy stuff maybe it was supposed to be a silly case but now it starts going super dark i doubt that would happen from the graphical style but who knows literally anything could happen so i'm gonna put that one on my wish list and on my watch list and try and keep an eye out for it so it doesn't surprise drop and I'll just go, oh, I didn't know that was happening. I'm interested. Yeah, I was looking back over it and the only other thing that comes to mind also, I mean, on a small end, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 has the next DLC hitting. You get a whole new character and uh, like a new single player battle arena where you can get some new gear and get all sorts of really cool stuff. And then, of course, they tease even further than that, like a new storyline big. So... Everyone, you know, that played that and finished that, I'm sure, is going to be stoked. I haven't finished the game yet, but I do love it. want to get back to it. And then, of course, last for me, Matt, is the Dead Cells Return to Castlevania. They gave another, like, in-game trailer, you know, actually showcasing the gameplay instead of just doing the fun bit. 
I want in. I want in. I want in on this. I like Dead Cells. I've got all the DLCs up to date for that game. I played it for quite a bit, but I just never beat it. I suck. Yeah, you know, we've talked about this like that. I'm not good at these roguelike games, but I want to like this one. And then the fact that they've got Alucard, Dracula, Richter, etc., and you're going back to Castlevania, you know? Oh my gosh, man. It was looking really, really freaking cool. And even if I don't actually beat and play the regular Dead Cells and all the DLCs, I want to just hop into this little DLC and try my best to get through it. Because I love Castlevania, and I do love Dead Cells, even though I suck really bad at it. So this is like a kind of a perfect mix for me to waste my money and probably do something I'll probably never beat, but I want to play it anyway. That's the one game that I wrote down but didn't put a star next to. Because I'm excited for the Castlevania part of that. Mm-hmm. I've never played the original Dead Cells. Obviously, I do like roguelikes. I, I like that kind of stuff. But I've just never played the original one. But seeing all the Castlevania stuff in it, I was like, man, maybe I should... Maybe I should start getting into that. Maybe I should do that too. And then just like you with the Xenoblade Chronicles DLC, they showed off some Fire Emblem Engage DLC. And I was like, oh man, I remember Hector. Oh, I remember Camilla from the DS one. Oh, I remember these other characters. And I went, dude, you aren't even finished with the base game. You can't be excited for DLCs. And now on this podcast, I've literally said on the air over the internet that I have to stop playing it so I can play the Game Boy Advance version. Mm-hmm. So don't even think about it, Matt. Just forget about it. But it'd be so cool to see my those characters again and, ha- and have fun and do stuff and bond them up with other characters and do, use their cool abilities. It would be. It would be indeed. So of course, as you just heard, man, this Nintendo Direct was pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Some people were a little disappointed. You know, people's high, the hype levels were getting up there. Well, they were hoping for the Metroid Prime uh, 4 big reveal finally. The Fair. next Mario. Everyone was getting in their heads that they were going to finally announce the next big Mario game. Because, of course, the movie's coming out this summer and everything. And, and they were thinking there would probably be a tie-in or, you know, just at least a Mario game to tie in with it. Maybe even a Mario Kart. You know what I mean? It, it's the usual. People are getting like really, really up in the hype levels thinking of the, the next big, 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 super big things. Some people are even like, oh, we're going to get a reveal of the next Switch or the next Nintendo. And I'm like, there's no in hell that's happening yet. No. So, but for the most part, everyone was, well, you know, pretty happy. It's just, I did hear some slight, you know, oh, but I was really hoping for this. People always go too far with these damn things. They do. Now, I will say, somewhere in the middle of all this, they did show something that looked Mario-esque, and I don't remember which one it was, or if it was some Mario piece that I just didn't write down. But for a split second in my head, I went, "Are, are they te- are they showing Mario Odyssey two? Is that?" And it was something else. But I didn't, I didn't go. It's definitely going to happen, and I don't get my hopes up for these things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Eighteen games with stars next to them, plus another one that I didn't put a star next to. This was a hundred percent successful. Nintendo Direct for me. Oh, yeah. I don't know about anyone else out there. What about you out there in podcast listener land? What did you think? If you're not one of those people who got so super hyped for it and now are very disappointed, maybe are you more excited for Zelda Tears of the Kingdom? Tell us why we should be. Tell us why we're jokers. And you know what? Maybe you're excited for Fashion Dreamer. I know Eric actually is. We I cut out the part where he went on and on and on about designing dresses and stuff. And I was like, dude, it's too far. Two, three minutes. But if you like any of those games, if you like the things we liked, if you're hyped with us, share any kind of feedback with us. And, and also questions, comments, concerns, anything at all to the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme. And find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Indeed, as Matt said, if you want to give us a shout-out and talk to us a little bit, go over that Discord. We're live in there. We'll we'll talk and we'll respond. Go have some fun. We will, too. Or 
If you're feeling uh, just a little peachy keen, go on over to the old Patreon. You know what? Throw a few bucks our way. Get a, you know get access to a bunch of whole episodes of you know what you're playing third shift and the shifter monthly topics. That helps keep the lights on, paying Podbean, doing the thing that keeps podcasts running over here on the internet and having a good old time. But if you can't do that, you can go to the old Twitch. You can go as the Prime Sub, throw bucks our way for that. You can also give us mailbag questions, suggestions, all that good stuff. As we always tell you, helps out, keeps us going, rocking and rolling, having a good time with what we do. And we appreciate any and all interaction from all of you, the audience. And hey, speaking of that Patreon, surprise, everybody. I didn't have a chance to tell you because I did it right before I went on the plane to go to the cruise. There's also a new, brand new blooper reel up there. If you've been waiting, if you've been starved, if you've been at that $1 tier just scratching and itching and waiting for blooper reels, there's a brand new one up there for you. So enjoy all of our expert podcasting and our, our beautiful moments and things of that nature. But, of course, another thing you can listen to and enjoy is the very next episode, which will be dropping on or around the 16th of February on iTunes and Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a view, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. Indeed, we do appreciate it, just like we appreciate the five-star reviews that I know are going to come in this year. I feel it in my bones. We're going to get about... 17 to 23 new five-star reviews this year. You know what I'm saying? I can feel it. It's it's in the cards. It's going to happen because I know you out there listening are going to make it happen. So that way it's a self-fulfilled prophecy slash future, whatever you want to call it, and it makes us happy, and it will stoke my ego, and you all want to do that. Thank you. i got to make at least 16 new Apple accounts so I can give us five-star reviews. <laughs> but no, I'm not going to do that because that would be illegal. The only yep. thing I am going to do is tell you that there's nothing else to say, but don't, 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 don't forget to say. Shut up and sit down.